Hello and welcome to the Freedom Baptist Church podcast from Freedom Baptist Church in Mineola, Texas, where we're free from the chains of sin and death. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. I went and got 
two five-gallon gauge. I go get rid of them beat. I go out there, we move with flashlight, I'm carrying flashlight, I'm carrying the I'm carrying the, 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 the gasoline and I get there and you can hear them like the crown, that's big old dad. I start pouring it off in there, pouring it off in there, pouring, got one in, got two in. But what I didn't realize was that when you pour it in, the vapor stays close to the ground. So I backed off about 30 foot, licked me a match, threw it, about the time I threw it, the world around me exploded. But singed my hair, singed my eyebrows, singed all the arm off of me. But it killed me. Now where you going then? I'm 15. Daddy's been gone working out of town. Hence the reason I went to town by myself. And uh, I went back to the store. The old men. Ed, you too much gas, didn't you? Yep. Got rid of them, didn't you? Yes, sir. Sure did. Daddy come in. The boy, what happened? Well, daddy, I ran over some bees, but I took care of it. He said, it looked like it. It looked like you took care of it real well. He said, you know that all you had to do was park that bush hog over the top of that bee nest, and if they come up, he'd kill them. Well, now, Daddy, I wouldn't got gas like the old men told me. Well, that hence why you're in the predicament you're in. So, every one of us in here today has bees going off in our head. We can't do this. We can't do that. We couldn't. We got, we got that field. We were going to go harvest that field for that man. We were going to turn it under for that man. We were going to make him a big crop for that man. We were going to do the impossible because it's already late in the season. But the bees got on me, took my mind off, took my mind off the focus. What's the focus? Getting that crop in. Getting that, getting that uh, bush hog down. Getting that crop in where that man can have a winner. You know, I've never been on the farm. You got no idea what you're talking about. What I'm talking about. So, anyway, I learned a valuable lesson. The bees are going to be there to keep you from doing what you're doing. But if you listen to Daddy, you hear me? You'd be a whole lot better off. I got stung all up. I got bruised all up, jumping off the tractor, running out, jumping in the lake. I got wet. When all I had to do was do what Daddy told me in the first place, park that, that brush hog over the top of the bees. Let the brush hog do the work. But Don knew better, Daddy. How often is that in our lives today? How often is it that the Word of God tells us the Word of God, Jesus tells us how to do these things, but no, nah, I'm going to do it my own way. Father, that's going to take too long. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of the problem myself. All the time, you bees in your head. Number one, you got to get the bees out of your head. First off, the ground bees are the problem. We're going to go to the 14th chapter of the book of Matthew. And we're going to talk about 
doing the impossible. Look around you. Look around you today. Look everywhere. Look at the churches around the United States today. They're all in decline. We've talked hundreds of times about what's going on in the churches in America today. There is no power. There is no power because we try to do it ourselves instead of doing what God told us to do. We want to do a great work for God. Does anybody here want to do a great work for God? God's not in great work. God's in the impossible. We're going to talk about an impossible work. We're going to talk about doing the impossible because if we do a great work for God, we can say we did it. Oh, Don did it. Oh, Don, he built this church. Oh, Don, he did this, that, and the other. The glory in himself. But Jesus said that no flesh of glory in his eyes. So where does that leave us? We want these great and noble things, but we need to put it out to God. We need to give it to God. And we're going to talk about a man today that gave us God. And you've heard this message 10,000 times about walking on water. But there's a few things in it that you just might not know. First thing is that Jesus had just got off the feeding the 5,000 men. Back in that day, they didn't count women. So it's quite possible that there were at least 5,000 women. 5,000 children. They sit there and they witness this. And we're going to come to the verse of Scripture right now. Verse 22. Let me get my glasses on so I can see. Verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into his ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. That's the first place. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. They cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if that be you, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Go stop right there. How many of y'all want to walk on the water? How many of y'all want to do what Jesus commanded to do? Just think about that for just a minute. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you today. Dear God, I ask you to bless this message that you've given me. Dear God, I just ask that you bless the people with this message so they can see that it's not us, it's them, it's you, Father. 
Father God, I ask now that you would take the word and not let it come back void as you promised. Father, I pray that you use me one more time. My Samson use me one more time before I die. In Jesus' mighty name. Did you see what we did down here this morning with the, the loaves and the blood? This do in remembrance of me. We're going to talk today about the battles in your life. Everybody's going through a battle somewhere. If you're not, just hang on because this is going to get to you real close. The first thing is Jesus told them to get in a boat. And Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of God, it was so important for him to go pray. How about, if Jesus being the Son of God, it's important for him to get away, get away and get alone and go pray. How much more? Is it for us to get alone and go and pray? I say quite a bit. So Jesus was alone. He told the men to get in the boat. We're going to the other side. That's the first thing right there. The promise. The promise was we're going to get in the boat and we are going to go to the other side. Now these men had been fishermen all their lives, most of them. They knew how to handle the sea. They knew about waves. They knew how they had fished on this sea all their lives. They were good at it. They were professional. So they knew how to handle the waves of life. We've got waves in our lives that come across that we think we got it. We know. We know how to handle it. We don't need God. God, I got this. Hey, okay. Thank you, Lord. We're going to stop right there in just a minute. Never mind. We're not even. Uh, doing the impossible. But Jesus promised they were going to the other side. He didn't promise a, 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 a smooth trip, did he? They were out there fighting. They were out there rowing. They were out there trying to fight the storm. But the word, wind said, the word says that the wind was contrary. And what that means was that the wind was going in all sides. If you've ever been out on any big water, you know that when a wave comes, you turn the boat into the wave. But the word said that the winds were contrary. It means they were coming from all different directions. They were beating from all different directions. And what did this say? They cried out. Ask. Ask. Doing it on our own. We've got to get to a place to where we're out in the water and we can't do it on our own. That's why God puts these things in our life. We're out there, out there in the water in the fourth watch of the night. You see, I've read this wrong all, all my life. I just assumed that it was waves and they were out there in the daylight, or else how would they see Jesus? But if you've been out there in the storm, you know there ain't no light. There ain't no light. 
They looked up and they saw Jesus walking across the water. They cried out. It scared them. It scared them. They were out there in the waves, in the sea. They were scared. Jesus had left them alone, but he gave them the promise he was going to the other side. It's impossible. Rowing these waves were impossible. Did not know how they were going to do it. The ship was tossed in the midst of the sea. And they look up and they see Jesus. And the pitch black. In a storm, there ain't no moon. They look up and they see Jesus walking across the water. They see Jesus walking across the water. We've read the story, we've heard the story a thousand times. Your life. You ever heard anybody walking on water before? Or see? I did. I thought I was, and I was going across that pond when it be dragging. Number first thing is, they were 12 in that boat. They were all scared. They were all seeing the same wave. They were all being battered by the same wind, by the same water. And they were all scared by the same ghost they thought they saw coming across. But only one man, Peter, said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me come to thee. He said, come. The first thing to do to getting over the impossibilities in your life is to ask. James tells, James tells us, we have not because we ask not. Our Father wants you to ask for specific things. He asks, if that you bid me come to you. That specific thing. I'll tell you a story. Anybody here ever heard of R.T. Letourneau? R.T. Letourneau was born in Vermont. Or family. They were in church. One day, God told him that he wanted him to start giving 90%. And please understand, this is not about money. Wanted to give 90%. His family said, Daddy, we're having a hard time living on 90%, giving God 10%. How are we going to live, how are we going to live on that 10% and give God that 90%? You see, he was brought to the edge of an impossibility. First week, he gave that 90%. They didn't know how they were going to live. Second week, they gave that 90%. They didn't know if they were going to live. Third week, somebody, a man asked him to come and work in his shop and build machinery. About two months later, he had his own shop. Several years later, he was down here in Longview. At one time, uh, he was given 90%. He was completely funding 300 missionaries. Doing the impossible. What has God put in your life that's impossible? What's God put in my life that's impossible? We need to get out away from all these fast talkers. We need to put all these, these name it and claim it, glad it and grab it creatures. We need to put them down. And we need to get back to Jesus. What did Peter do? He said, if that's you, bid me come. He asked. That's the first thing. You ask not, you have not because you ask not. 
The second thing is to consume it upon your own lust. I would say that R.G. Letourneau built a turnover college. He built everything in Longview. It's that great work down there. Founded 300 missionaries. So I'm saying that he gave everything he had to God. See, when he started out, he didn't have nothing. And again, this is not a get rich. I'm saying give all you got. Ask. Number one, get in the boat. Get in the boat. Jesus has already promised us we're going to the other side. That's the promise. That's what you stand on. All the waves, the financial waves that come and hit us. The sickness that comes and hits us. The, anything that, that Satan can throw at you, just like those bees, to get my mind off the job, what I was supposed to be doing. Satan's going to do it. Just like they were out there in that boat, rowing their little hearts out. Wasn't getting nowhere. You see, that's Don. Don doesn't get anywhere when he tries to do it on his own. You remember the little saying I say from C.T. Studd? Only one life soon will be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. How true is that? We all want to see the big numbers. We all want to see the big offerings. We all want to see people running up and down the aisle screaming, fainting, falling out. Let me ask you a question. How many was in the boat? Well, oh, wait. They just said 5,000 men. Where were they? They were on the bank. Jesus told us 12 to get the boat. He didn't tell the 5,000. Jesus told you to get the boat, going to the other side. He, if you're saved, you have. But if Jesus got something for you to do, that Jesus got a ministry for you, that Jesus put something in your life, and the devil's fighting you just like those bees fought me. They stung me, trying to get my eyes off Jesus. And if you'll remember, when Jesus bid him come, he got out on the water. He was, Peter was walking on the water, and the waves got high around him. He took his eyes off Christ, and he started to sink. And Jesus picked him up. They got in the boat, and the word said that they were on the beach. So when you step out on the water, when you want to do the unthinkable, the unimaginable, the impossible, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep listening to that voice. Don't listen to all the naysayers, all the friends, all the bees in your head. Yeah. I knew you, Brother Don. I knew you back there when you were drugging. I knew all this, all that. They all tell me you ain't worth it. They all tell me you can't do it. They all tell me that it's impossible. It's impossible for you to do the mission that God sent you to do. It's impossible to grow this church. And it is. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. All these goodwill, all these people tell me how to build a church. Jesus said, I'll build my church. Again, how many were in the boat? They just fed 5,000 men. Where were they? 
The good time Charlie is what we used to call it. They're the ones who wanted to fish you alone. They're the ones who wanted to see what God could do. We talked about our Tina Turner. We talked about asking. We talked about stepping out on faith. Asking God what he wants you to do. And you ask him and he comes and tells you, come on. What can I do? We've got, what can I do to benefit the kingdom of God? We've got a city. We've got a church. We've got a nation. We've got a state that's going to hell. We've got to get focused back on Jesus. We got to get out of the boat. We got to get out in the deep water. I told in Sunday school a while ago. I went to Brookshire night before last. I get to the night before last. Can't tip you, Brookshire. And there was a guy in there that all the registers were full. And there was a guy in there, he had tattoos, he had pentagrams all over him, he tattooed all across the face, had a biker jacket on, and I, I, I let him cut in front of me. Dear God, don't make me witness to this man. Don't make me witness to this man. Oh Lord, I, it's just, it's been one of those days, it's been one of those crying days that beads was in my head. All right, Father. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Do you know my Jesus? And he stopped dead in his tracks and he looked at me and he said, That's my Savior. That's my Jesus. He started witnessing to me. I felt about that time. You see, I judged him. I judged him for what he had on. I judged him for what he was wearing. And then the guy behind the register started testifying. I know Jesus. My kids just got back from camp. And we just, had a, we just had a revival right there in Brooklyn. The cash register number five. Like we knew what we were doing. I had a friend. I told y'all about starting this bus ministry. I'm just going to call his name Brother Wayne. Back then we were young. We just didn't, we didn't have any idea that God would, would do what he promised he'd do. Ms. Lacey, we didn't have any idea that God wouldn't do what he promised to do. We just believed he could do anything. We believed that he wanted souls saved. We believed that he wanted the town saved. So, anyway, Brother Wayne managed the McDonald's. When I went to this church, they put me with him to soul money. That's my soul winning man. We were going to get buses one night. We were come back and stop at a truck stop. Truck stop's a good place always when sold. So we walked inside, and there was but one girl in there. He said, you know, Brother Don? He said, I asked, hear that word? Asked the Lord to let me leave one person a day to you. He said, it's been five years now. He said, there hasn't been a day one that the Lord hadn't blessed and gave me someone to leave. We walked in and there was this one little girl in there behind the cash register. Back then they didn't have the, the, the glass, the plastic glass and all that stuff. She was behind the cash register. 
He said, Ma'am, can I ask you a question? I said, Sure. He said, If you died tonight, do you know where you would go? She just started slowly sinking down under that counter. Me and this guy walked in at about 2 o'clock in the morning. We done walked in this truck up asking her if she dies tonight, that she knows where she's going. And she just starts thinking down. I don't dare God, please don't let her be a gunner. She come back up with the Bible. She said, yes, I do. And we didn't know it. But a woman had walked in. She said, she may, but I don't. She said, I just buried my mother last week. And the last thing my mother asked me was to get saved, to trust Jesus. And I told her no. I told her no. She said, I hadn't been able to sleep yet. She said, she looked at Wayne. She said, can you tell me how to be saved? How to go meet my mother? About that time, there walked in two truck drivers. Truck drivers ain't real known for being real spiritual. They walked up. Y'all getting robbed? Wayne looked at it dead in the eye and said, yes, sir. I just stole this woman's soul out from the devil. And, go to, and she's going to heaven. And this guy said, what? He said, I just stole her soul for Jesus. He said, sir, you don't have any idea. Well, we were riding out on this road and we were talking about Jesus. And we pulled in there. We go down this road every day. We're just talking about Jesus. Can you tell me about this Jesus? He did both of them. Why? God's still standing over here like Why? Because he asked God to give him a soul today. What are we asking God for? What are you asking God for? As long as we got the beads in our head, as long as we got those beads that were stinging me, making wealth something, hurting me, we're not going to get out the boat. You see, the beads were my ways. The beads were what was keeping me from getting to the end goal. And the end goal that every Christian here is tell somebody about Christ and reproduce. We read about John 15 today where he says, I am the true vine. You were saved to reproduce your kind, the fruits of the Spirit. You can't live like the world and expect fruit. You can't do it. Sweet water and bitter water won't come out of the same spring. Either you are or you ain't. Now we've got Peter out here in the middle of the water, out here in the middle of the sea. It need to come. Come on. Come on. It's impossible for man to walk on water. But Peter said, come on. And even when he took his eyes off Jesus, Jesus picked him up. And they were at the other side. Is it scary? Absolutely. Is one soul scary? Yeah, absolutely. Is walking with Jesus scary when you start off? Yes, it is. You remember when you were a baby? Or what do you think when you were a baby? You 
remember, you remember your babies that taking their first step? Miss Lacey, you remember you hold that baby out in front of you and then take a couple of steps back and that baby would. That's what all of us are. That's what Peter was when he got on the water. He was just a baby. He took his eyes off and went down. You see, that's what we are. We're babies. We're babies. We are. We need to be do the impossible. Number one in our home. What's the impossible abilities in our own home? Uh, this is going to get tough. Men, you were called to love your wives like Christ loved the church. If you go to walk with Jesus, you know, as men, we all love that next thing. And wives, obey. We love it. Obey. Children ain't right. You ain't been to do the impossible. We all want to do great things. Jesus wants to do impossible things. He wants us to get out there on the water with him. We fight amongst ourselves. And is there any any man here that's with his wife will, will honestly admit that there's nobody can push his buttons like his wife. They practice. I, I'm sure. I'm sure mine lays sleep, lays awake at night wondering how I can push his buttons. He's good at it. He's good at it. Yeah. But see. That's the babies. That's the babies. Getting me off track. If I can get to Ryan acting like Jesus, then she's going to keep me. If I can get to where I'm upset, like I was with that guy in Britain, it had been, been a rough day. It had been a rough day. I didn't want to witness. I didn't want to tell nobody about Jesus. Then these were all off in my head. And these were all off in my head. You ain't going to make it. God don't know what God done allowed you. You done stepped out on faith. You done done this. You done done that. The other. Where is he? What's God doing? All in waves were on top of me. That man is catching us. Sir, do you know Jesus? Come on. See, I didn't witness to him. He witnessed to me. He's the one that killed the beast. 
He's the one that put me in my place. Do you have it? Does that ever happen to you? Especially kids. Y'all y'all got kids? Y'all got kids? Y'all know that they're God's little spies. They watch everything that you do. So, if they're watching me get mad at my wife, they think that's all right. They think it's acceptable. It's not. Is that like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? Is that like Christ every time I disappoint Christ? Every time I get on Christ's nerve? Every time I'm out in the middle of the water and that water's crashing over? And I take my eyes off Jesus. I start to sing. And God sent that man. Tattoos. Leather jacket. To tell me about Jesus. <clears throat> to get my mind back on Jesus. See, when I went to, I didn't want to go to Brooklyn. I did it just so I could be doing it. But when we got to the Brooklyn, I had a whole new spirit about it. Number one, I looked like a, like a stepchild. Number two, Jesus showed me the love of Jesus even in that man. Because that man knew what I was talking about when I said, I don't, I don't want to ask you this. He knew. He knew. See, I was looking down on him. He wasn't looking down on me. See, we're going to affect this town for Christ. We've got to quit looking at the outside. It's like my buddy Wayne did. Snatch one more out of him. Tell somebody about Jesus. Do the impossible. We want to do, we want to do great works for Christ. And Christ is telling us, get out of the way. Let me work. You've already got the promise. The promise is you go into the other side. Brother Jimmy. The promise is you're going to make it. Though the waves look rough, though it don't look like there's no way out, you don't know where you're at in the middle of the storm. You don't know where you're at and bees are, are swarming around your head. All you know is that lake in front of you. And you, you try to walk on water to get to it. Jesus has done made the promise. You come into the other side. When I come back, you're going to heaven. That's all you got to worry about. All you got to worry about is Jesus. Jesus. Fulfilling the mission of Jesus. What did Jesus come to do? To seek and save that which was lost. What are we supposed to be doing? Seeking and saving that which was lost. You know? Peter... We all laugh at Peter, Miss Lacey. We all poke fun at, Ms. at Peter because, you know, he took his eyes off Jesus. He started sinking. Yeah, but he was out of the boat. Where were the other eleven? 
Do you have enough faith in Jesus? To say, Jesus, if that's you, if you're here, if that's you, bid me come. Jesus is saying, come. We're not working to you. Are you ready to step out of the boat? Am I ready to step out of the boat? Even if we take our eyes off Jesus, He's there to us. Because we're going to stumble. We're going to make errors. We're going to fail. That's just part of it. Part of it. But Jesus is always there. Jesus is always there. Quit worrying about the big numbers. They just try to get one more. Jesus said He'd build the church. Don't worry. Don't worry about Jesus' business. By the way, before I, I found Brother Daniel this morning, about the first time that I got involved in the church, about knocking on doors, I was scared to death. But I didn't have any more common sense to believe that Jesus was seeing me through protecting me. Jesus has never failed me. Jesus has never let me down. We've seen some horrific things knocking on doors and asking people about Jesus. And you know what? We've seen some miracles. Not everyone you ask is going to come. Not everyone that you give the plan of salvation to is going to come. But it's time to get out of the boat. Get out of the boat where you're at. Get your home in order. And you do that by asking. You remember when I first started this, I told you about Jesus going off by himself and getting alone with God. How much time do we spend alone with God? How effective is our prayer life? How effective is our prayer life? We've already discussed it. We have not. Because yes. Peter, when he wanted to walk on the water, he was specific. He said, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus is saying, come on. We've got things to do. We've got things to do. We're going to the other side. We're going to the other side of this place. That's a promise of Jesus. Do you want to be a water lover? Do you want to, to do the impossible? Doing the impossible takes one step of faith and then another. And then another. God don't care about our plans. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. 
He's got every provision that you'll ever need. Just ask. Just ask. But get the beans out of your head. Get the beans out of your hair. Quiet the noise in your head. How do we do that? Stop getting along with God. Stop being along with God. Prayer. That's it. You can do no more than pray until you pray, no more than pray after you pray. It's prayer. We're told 70, we're told that Jesus prayed alone many times when he needed to get alone with God. If Jesus is the Son of God, Have any possibilities in your life? Do you have anything in your life that you just don't see your way around? 